Well, good afternoon, people. Um, so I am going to do a new episode. Um, I will tomorrow um, read the third chapter of Cruel Sacrifice, if you've been following along. Um, but today I'm going to talk to you about a, something that kind of is personal to me. Um, but it is the uh, Juarez murders in Mexico. Um, so basically, I, I don't know if anyone has ever heard of it. I mean, it has been a, a very big issue. Um, but since the 1990s, uh, an estimated 1,500 women um, and girls have disappeared from what police and people have dubbed now the most dangerous city in the world. Um, many of those uh, women and girls are still missing. Um, but then hundreds of mutilated bodies of theirs have been found buried in the surrounding desert. Um, despite the investigations, the mystery of the missing women um, has never really been solved. I mean, of course, the locals, um, the families of the victims do believe that they have been kidnapped by local drug cartels, forced into prostitution, and then, you know, obviously murdered. Um, but they also think that there also is several serial killers because of the fame this little town has brought on itself because there are um, very many, you know, uh, drug cartels uh, down in the area. They believe that a lot of serial killers have decided to use that to their advantage. And, you know, these these serial killers are just saying, hey, you know, if the police is not going to investigate, you know, let's just go ahead and dump these bodies here. It's going to be blamed on the cartel or, you know, the violence of the, the city and, you know, they wash their hands of it. Um, but it, it's, it's very interesting. Um, they also believe a lot of the victims of or the families of the victims do believe that the police and the authorities have helped cover up a lot of these crimes. Um, which is understandable because, I mean, I've never been to Mexico, but I know there is a lot of corruption. I've done my research, um, and they, it, it does sound plausible. Um, so in 2016, um, this, um, uh, basically magazine, France 24 had spoken to the mother, the mothers who were either mourning for their daughters or still kind of searching for them. Um, one of the mothers, um, was sticking up posters. She said, my daughter was heading out to the center of the town, but after she went out, she had never heard from her again. Um, they spoke to another, um, campaigner, Suzanne, Susanna Perez, um, revealed that her daughter, uh, Lupitia went missing in 2009 and her body was found in the desert in 2012, leading her to believe that she had spent you know, either she was kidnapped or she was held because when her body was found, there was significant damage to the body, as in, you know, marks on her wrists, marks on her feet, stuff like that. Um, but she said that she also discovered that she had spent uh, months after the kidnapping at a local hotel that was just four blocks down from town hall. She said a lot of people had known about this. Um, there were evil people that were saying to the mother, you know, there she is, or there she was. We saw her at, you know, here, we saw her there. We saw her at night. Um, 
and they said that, you know, she wasn't looking well, that she had looked drugged, and that there was many men around her, um, so nobody could really ever get close to her daughter, which is interesting because that went into, I mean, obviously the police and the authorities um, figuring that, yes, there's a lot of, you know, sex trafficking, cartel people um, that could be involved in all of these either disappearances or eventually murders. Um, it's just a very strange area. I, I mean, I honestly, I don't know if I would ever go there, um, with, because they, they actually, instead of calling it homicide, they named it femicide because basically all of the people that have been either kidnapped or murdered, they're all female. So it does, you know, hold some truth as that it could be, you know, a place where serial killers do dump their bodies. It could be where you know, a lot of sex, tra sex trafficking does happen and girls are strung out and, you know, they die and their bodies are just dumped, which is, you know, very sad. Um, but so we'll, we'll fast forward a little bit. Um, so in 2015, after 21 bodies were found buried an hour's drive from the city, five men actually were convicted of the murders of Lupitia and nine other women who had been held at the hotel that the mother was staying at. Um, they had been murdered between 2009 and 2011. Um, it does, I do have, it does say that they, they were a part of a gang, a street gang. I'm not going to go into that because I, I don't want to put a target on myself. Um, but after the trial, um, prosecutors tried to pursue, the, you know, the gang members and the corrupt officials that were eventually, you know, caught to, who enabled the violence, um, to try to campaign and try to, you know, get some more information out, try to help some other people. Um, but hundreds crime, I mean, it's been God since the 1990s that crimes here had really started, but interesting enough. So, in my research, I found that the first, first official victim in the case was a young woman named Alvia Ferrell. She was found beaten, raped, and strangled in January of 1993. By mid-September 1994, more than 40 brutalized corpses has turned up, some of which, with their right breasts um, severed and their nipples, have been bitten off. Which could be a signature of, you know, a serial killer or it could be, you know, a, a message, I guess, sent, you know, if there is, you know, these cartel people that are doing this stuff. Um, but that's kind of, I mean, there were, yes, earlier victims, but that was, I guess, what the police or the officials had considered the first official victim which was kind of interesting because, I mean, if there were crimes dating back to that far behind, you also kind of have to think about, you know, was that the first one? Like, did it really start in the 90s or has it always been, you know, a dangerous place to go and somewhat, you know, unsafe? Um, so you always have to kind of think about that. I always, I, I kind of go in either direction. Um, I've, been doing a lot of research it is a lot of just the women that are being taken either when they're on their way to the store or on their way to there is a um 
a factory, uh, basically a sweatshop factory that is in between these two villages where a lot of the, the people, the, the women go missing. Um, so I kind of think in a way, yes, it is, you know, obviously probably a cartel. Um, but I also kind of think that maybe because of the fame, um, quote unquote, I guess, that this, you know, city has brought upon itself because of all these multiple disappearances and murders that I personally believe that there is a lot of serial killers that are basically dumping their victims in this area because, I mean, I, I look at it as, you know, if I was, <laughs> now it's going to sound like I'm O.J. Simpson, if you know, if I did it. But I'm thinking to myself after reading, uh, you know, all these articles and all these other, you know, um, interviews with um, serial killers, that that does, it's a perfect, you know, opportunity. Kind of like how the interstate killers um, have operated because, you know, you just don't know if, if they could be in another state and have dropped off a victim in, you know, Nevada or something and they could be clear across in Pennsylvania dropping off another victim and those two um police you know counties are never going to connect those together because who's going to think oh i have a victim here in nevada oh i have a victim here in pennsylvania let's call these other you know places i mean yes there are uh homicide detectives that do end up doing that but look how long it took to get um the golden state killer you know convicted and even identified because even in the same jurisdiction, I mean, he was in Northern California, the North the Northern California police and the Southern California police did not communicate. Um, you know, it took years, almost 30 years for that to even happen. So that's what, what, what I personally think is probably going on here is there are a lot of serial killers, um, that are at work here, you know, just basically dumping off their bodies and letting it be blamed excuse me, on the cartel or, you know, whoever, because they know that police don't really look into to stuff like that because it's just so common from there for their, for their, yes, I cannot talk today. It's so common in Juarez now um, because of all the feuding, you know, gangs and, and cartel stuff. And I, I just don't know. I, I think it's, it's a mixture of, you know, a lot of things. Um, but interesting enough, there were, I did discover that, um, ow, sorry, um, that in, where did I, I have my notes here, hold on, it's getting lost in the shuffle here, I guess. There was, um, let's see, it was in, hold on, give me one second. So it looks like in, actually it was last year. There it is. So at least, um, at least 170 women were murdered in Juarez in 2009. Um, yes, they were murdered in very grotesque ways, but they actually convicted, um, drug trafficked, a drug trafficker, um, in all but 16 of those, uh, homicides, um, so it's very weird, but they, they did mention that 
as a, this was last year, so I'm, I'm sure the numbers have soared since then. Um, but since of January of last year, Juarez has recorded that 1,486 homicides with 170 of those, that is what that, this, these drug traffickers were convicted of. So I'm sure that number has changed since then. But earlier in that month, before they, they were put on trial, um, they, there was just a lot of stuff going on. I mean, there was one incident where a gunman had walked into a bar after midnight and shot four of the bar bartenders that were female, um, ages 21 to 34. Two of the women had previously worked at the bar whose manager, the manager was murdered also by these drug traffickers. Um... It's just a, I just, I just don't know. Um, but they did end up, um, convicting, um, these, these drug traffickers and stuff. Um, but that really doesn't even solve the case because I honestly don't think this is ever going to end because the police are, you know, kind of into it with them and, you know, they're getting paid off. And so it's like, who, who cares, you know, if, if we're getting paid and, you know, we can just turn, turn the blind eye, but I'd be interested to think of, um, what other, you know, what, what your thought, what other, you know, your guys' thoughts on it. If you think it's just, you know, it's basically just the cartel people and drug trafficking and, you know, human trafficking people that are dumping of the bodies. Or if you think it is kind of like a portal where, you know, other serial killers just drop the bodies. Or if it maybe, I mean, who knows? What if it... I mean, this these drug traffickers were commit were convicted of killing 170, you know, what was it, 174 women. Um, Memphis, sorry, my cat is trying to get involved here. 170 women. So that's just one. You, you know, that's just a handful of people. It was it was four people that were convicted, but it's like, uh, you know, I'd be interested to hear what everybody else thinks. So. Just kind of wanted to share that with you guys, and uh, you know, I'll be back tomorrow to read the third chapter of Curl Sacrifice. I hope you guys are enjoying it, and until next time, see ya.